162 regular season games, six months of travel, flights, hotels, and baseball. Join us now for a behind-the-scenes look at a season on the road with the Oakland A's. Vince Catronio takes us on a journey around Major League Baseball. Starting now. Time now for another edition of A Season on the Road. Vince Catronio coming to you from indoors in downtown Houston in Minute Maid Park with one of my favorite people around the Astros. She's their sideline reporter. She's been with them eight years. Julia Morales joins us. She's a native Texan and has a fun job and does a great job at it. So let, let's let's go all the way back. You're you're born and bred here. What do, what does that mean for people who don't understand what it's like? To, my three kids are native Texans, so I, I know what it means. Explain what it means to be a native Texan. Oh, my goodness. What That's such a deep question to ask a Texan. I am so proud to be a Texan, so that's probably what it means. Uh, is my house decorated in the Texas flag? No, but um, you'll find one in there. No, it's, you know, I grew up in the smallest town ever, a typical Texas tiny town, no stoplights. About 1,500 people were in there or living there when I was there. Um, a lot of high school football is what our lives Friday were. Friday night lights. Oh, the, it's absolutely Friday night lights. I was your, I was your high school cheerleader. I dated the running back. Um, I played all sports and was in every extracurricular activity there was because you could when when you go to a, a school that size. So, I, you know, I I have never left the state of Texas, which is kind of crazy to think when you get in TV, a lot of us move from you know, wherever the job is and you kind of just take it. But I've been fortunate enough to jump markets within the state. And so I am a purebred, but uh, I also don't have the accent because I worked on it. So you're not hearing it as you, if you go back in my high school days and, and watch some old home videos, oh, it is strong and it is gross to listen to, but, uh, but it, you know, it is very much part of who I am and, and yeah, love being a Texan. I guess, and it was required to go to UT because you, you're a Longhorn? Yeah, sure. You know, that or a and I mean, those are your two choices. I actually went to Kilgore College first. I was a Rangerette, which, you know, drill team is a big deal down in the South as well. And that's where it all started. Drill team started. And I was a dancer on top of all the other things I mentioned earlier. Uh, my aunt owned a dance studio. And so we grew up dancing. But yeah, I did that first and then transferred over, went to UT. And I was there during the, the 2005 National Championship. So I got just to see the best college football game ever played in person. And uh, I mean, yeah, we just we loved our football and still love our football. Uh, but yeah. So communications major, I mean, was, how, yeah. how did you start gaining the experience either in front of or behind the camera? Well, I mean, it's for me, it started way back. My dad was, uh, we came from a small town, but my dad had a had just a really open mind and had big dreams and was a school teacher, but wanted to all of a sudden run for office. So he got a petition signed. He needed 4,000 signatures and decided to run for not just any office, but U.S. Senate. And, uh, and took off. He was in a tiny little pickup truck at the time, and he walked the streets and, and wanted to get people registered to vote. Well, that story, I mean, he ended up winning a primary, gets in, you know, and he, he is the Democratic candidate, and all of a sudden the story is gaining national attention. And, and we, where we're from, reporters love this story. And so they showed up at our house, our tiny little house in this tiny little town, and I've got, you know, live shots in my front yard. And so I'm seeing the TV world play out in front of me at 10 years old, and I was like, that's what I want to do. So my love for journalism and TV started very early. And then sports, I told you, I played all sports. My dad actually coached all of them except for football. My mom played basketball in college. So sports is just who we are. I mean, it's just what we did. And so when I realized you could do both, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I was probably high school at the time when I realized I was going to try to do sports journalism. 
so I went to went to school for it and and yeah I went to UT and the dancing was the fun part but the the school part was the broadcast journalism degree and then I had some great internships in Austin covered you know the UT Longhorns on the side as I was trying to figure out how to cover sports and and they were obviously doing really well at the time so took off from there had a really good resume tape and here I am all these years later so let's fast forward to doing sidelines and working with the Astros first of all how did you get the job? Did, did you have any idea what you were getting yourself into when you accepted the job? <laughs> That's such a good question. No, <laughs> I had no idea. Baseball is crazy. And I, and I loved baseball growing up, too. It was just, you know, one of the sports that I loved. But it wasn't like it was my passion. I wasn't going out to be a baseball reporter. Um, when I worked in those small markets, I, I said, I, you know, I started off in Sherman, Texas, and I went to Tyler, Texas. And these are tiny markets, but um, ended up in Austin. I went back to Austin and worked. And there was a the AAA affiliate for the Texas Rangers at the time was the Round Rock Express. Got really into that. And I became their beat reporter. And I would be the only reporter covering all the rehab assignments. And, and it just, I fell in love. I fell in love with the with minor league baseball in general and really started to learn the game. One of the pitching coaches on that squad is now my father-in-law and we became really tight and I asked him all the stupid questions first at the minor league level and the Astros job popped open it was a brand new network at the time CS in Houston had been Fox for a lot of years but CS in Houston was big it was new and uh, they were going to hire more people on and it was for the first time they were going to have somebody travel I did 150 games that year, and they lost 111 of them. <laughs> so um, I was there for every loss, you know, it felt like. But I, So, yeah, no, I had zero clue what I was getting myself into, but it was a dream job at the time, and I just jumped in. I, I was, a, you know, I'm obviously a hard worker. It's how I got to this point. But, I, you know, you don't even take a breath when you take this job for the first time. You look up in September, and you're like, what the heck just happened, and where did my life go, and how many games did I just do, you know? And um, But I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. And, and then I've watched the team get better over the years. So I, I'm obviously still enjoying it all these years later. Working in baseball, for people that don't do it on a consistent basis, maybe don't understand the challenge of what it's like to, you know, to, to, to be on the road and just be away from family and just try to day in and day out, the, the game doesn't go away. I mean, rarely do you yeah. get an off day. And just, there's there's always something you're preparing for. Even on the off day, you're thinking about the next day because it's likely a new a new opponent. You're trying to be prepared. And you feel like you're on you're on top of things. But you touched on, I mean this this team. While it's good now, and as we're visiting, at Minute Maid Park, the A's are trying to get to the postseason again. The the uh, Astros are leading the West, and they're going to win the West again. And they're they're a favorite maybe to win the league. But it wasn't that way no. when you first started. And you mentioned all the I mean <laughs> three consecutive years of just god-awful baseball how did you keep a smile on your face how did you how did you find stories of what what was your goal those days to to, to try to provide something uplifting or positive or, or whatever path you were trying to take it down yeah I, I tell new reporters too when I meet them you know now somebody will fill a spot at, for a major league baseball team they always ask me for advice and, I, and I'm you know I look at what team they're covering first and tell them the advice going from there because it's not to say it's easy to cover any team but it is much easier to cover a good team and a winning yeah. team and it's the ugly losses it's the over and over you know I mean for for us thinking back to that year what I was early in my sideline reporting career so I was trying to figure it out which thank god you know for a lot of it I didn't even really know what I was in at the at the moment because I was just trying to survive and make sure that I was you know doing the right thing saying the right thing and and all the stress that comes with that but when I finally caught my breath it was really hard to find ways to 
to spin things in a positive light or, you know, and you don't, you're not telling a different story than what it really is, but you're just trying to find the angles that, you know, I mean, these guys don't want to really talk about anything when it comes to losing 11 straight. And it's really hard to go in that clubhouse and ask the manager questions before the game and after the game. And there's not much media around when a team's that bad either. So they are leaning on you to ask those questions. You can't just roll in and, and roll on a, you know, roll on a press conference. It's kind of up to you, especially on the road. So I, you know, there there were positives in those years because of the, the call-ups and the first hits and the first strikeouts and first home runs. And, we man, did we eat those up and, and celebrate every single one of them because we had to. A lot of call-ups that year. Um, you know, and then it was the future. We looked at the minor leagues and, and who was coming up. George Springer was a name we were watching. Every night we'd see what that guy was doing in double-A and then triple-A and and now look at him, you know, it's, it, but it's, that was part of the fun. And that's part of the fun of growing up with a team like I have is, is going through all those tough years and then seeing it all come into fruition. And then to see them win the World Series and to win a World Series MVP like George did um, is, is just so cool. And I can't, even, I can't even really put that into words of just how we've all kind of grown up together and, and experienced that together. But, yeah, that's, that's hard. That's, I mean, that's hard day in and day out. I remember some tough losses in the Coliseum. Gosh, the Astros could not win there, and Josh Reddick drove us nuts, and <laughs> so did Jed Lowry. I mean, you know, it's like the memories I have were, were awful games and awful endings, and but there is light at the end of the tunnel, and we knew that, and we trusted it, and, and here we are. One thing I'm curious about, because the job that you do as we're visiting with Julia Morales, who's the sideline reporter for the Houston Astros on a television, is the perception from the outside, and in many cases this is inaccurate, and I'm not – saying it's for you, but just in your job in general, people say, well, the position you have is window dressing. What do you possibly give? I mean, some people say, oh, you're going to read promos and you're not really going to provide any, any insight or any, any, any inside information from the clubhouse. How did, how did you convince them otherwise? How did you convince yourself otherwise that that is not who I'm going to be? And let me show you what I know because of my background and my love of, of the game and love of sports that I, can, that I could do it in the way that I know it should be done. I think it started with my career path and how I got here. I was the girl that was shooting my own highlights and then turning the camera around and kind of putting on makeup or pushing the sweat off my face and then, you know, doing the the intro to my highlights. And then, you know, it was like I was the girl that did it all. And and the guys do it, too. And and that's kind of what you do when you start off in the small markets. And but all of that taught me that you had to work hard. I never had anyone writing my scripts. I never had anyone telling me what questions to ask out, you know, in the small markets. That's why it's so great. That's why the minor leagues are there. You know, it's like you've got to learn and, and figure out how to do it on your own. That way you can can be good at it later. So when I finally got this job, I, I knew no other way than to just like get, work hard, figure out my own stories. And so I was presenting every night. Not all of it was good. Um, you know, you come at your producer with angles and, and ideas and topics and and I would get shut down, you know, and then we would figure out what was good. And then I was, you know, as I learned and, and I figured out what the fans wanted to know and what my producer, how I could to, could finish a story that maybe the, the play-by-play guy started that uh, inning or so. And so I just kept on. And honestly, this job, if you stick around long enough, then you really do have knowledge and you've been you've been there with these guys and you actually know what's going on more than the fans do who tune in once every couple of weeks. So they do lean on me to, to figure out what happened the last couple of weeks, but you have to put the time in. And I think those of us who stick around in these jobs long enough, um, we, I think we're really valuable in a way. And I mean, you say promos and all this stuff, there's so much behind the scenes that I give, whether it's Todd Callis, our play-by-play or Jeff Blum, our analyst, um, I am the eyes down there. So I'm telling you who's running around, who's grabbing a bat, you know, what I heard earlier versus, you know, what the manager said, and we're putting all this information together. So there's a lot of talks 
um, behind the scenes and that doesn't get across the air, but we're all helping each other. So we are a team. So I pride myself in a lot of that too. And, and so when they talk about me, they say, you know, like this girl knows her stuff and this is why she's a huge help to us. Um, there's only so much airtime, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the longer I've, I've done this, I've really been confident about it. And as long as you're that way, and then you get the respect of the guys in the clubhouse and you've got a really good thing going. And that's what I hope I have going here. I mean, that's, that's the only, that's the only reason I'm still here, I think. Right. Vince? <laughs> I, I had, I had Bo Porter as a player mm-hmm. when he was with, when he was with the Rangers, I was broadcasting and I think his first big league home run was against the A's Mark Mulder, if I'm not mistaken. Then he became the manager here. Yeah. There was up, upheaval. And A.J. Hinch now is in charge. And of course, the number one pick of the A's and Stanford educated and so on and so forth. But just watching the way that, that A.J. interacts with you and other members of the media now, yeah. and even with us, when we ask him to do pregame shows, he's always uh, willing to do it, and, he, and he's very forthcoming in, in answers, and, and he's willing to explain things uh, in, in a way that you sometimes don't hear. You get a lot of baseball talk or just cliches or just really short answers. What, what has the relationship been like for you with A.J., just watching him grow as a manager and being a part of that process as well. So I knew AJ as the guy who sold off my boyfriend's rights to Japan first. Um, <laughs> there's a backstory here. My, uh, my husband now came up through the Padres system and, and AJ Hinch was obviously a part of the front office there. And I think he was interim GM at the time. And, and my boyfriend at the time, this was years and years ago. And I met that boyfriend through the father-in-law I mentioned earlier. Uh, that was his Terry son. Cl- Terry Clark. Terry Clark. Who's was, a right-hand pitcher. <laughs> yes. Was the uh, pitching coach for the express introduced me to his son, Matt. And uh, so we had begun, we'd begin to date and then Japan had interest. And so AJ was obviously the guy that was going to allow that to happen. Uh, I can't even remember all the logistics that went down, but I will always remember that being the name that I heard as, as my boyfriend was getting on a plane and going to be gone for six months, not just anywhere, but Japan. Um, but anyway, so, you know, he, he comes here, we obviously know each other through Matt. And, and so we had a great relationship from the start and you're, I mean, having a good manager for us media people is a game changer and someone that can, that can tell you what he needs to say on the air and give you the soundbite and uh, and help you through a broadcast but also maybe give you some context off the air and and off the record just to help you learn so I you know I've been so fortunate to have him to ask again I I say stupid questions but there are questions that you know I don't want to be on the air I I, I just I'm learning the game maybe it's a a move he made the night before and I want to know something about it and so he is so great about that Um, and he's just really good on the air so over the years we've We've come up with some really cool interviews, and now we have a whole segment called Covering All the Bases every Friday. And he's he's into whatever. So I can take him out. We went to the Negro Leagues Museum in Kansas City, or we went to the catwalk at Tropicana Field. And, and I, have to, I have to be creative, and I have to come up for a reason why I'm dragging the manager of a really good team away from maybe prep work to go do these interviews. But they end up being so great, and I think it's so good for the fans to see a different side of a guy that's – making some really hard decisions every night and and you know you don't get to see that personality a lot but he has been fantastic to all of us for sure didn't uh, to, to that point did you not take him to mount davis at we the went co- to mount davis so how, yeah take me through that story oh i took him to stanford too yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, of course i let him yeah i let him just have everyone talk about how great he was at stanford <laughs> so you know he hated that um which stanford's awesome by the way yeah. i that was my first trip there and i was just in awe but mount davis was good I, and he runs the stadium, so he's pretty familiar with you know the the great views that you can have at different ballparks, just how to get to different parts of the ballpark. And so we had gone up there, and 
It's scary up there. Have you been up there? It's pretty steep. It is steep, right? The steps just get like real tiny and you feel like you're just walking straight up. And so that was a great interview. And plus he's, he's got some memories at that ballpark. I think we talked about that day and the way the the way that ballpark plays and, and some memories that he had. So we had a fantastic time there. And, and yeah, he's he's been so great when it comes to any of that stuff and tv's probably in his future i hope just hope it's not anytime soon how terrifying was the the catwalk at the trop because just that, yeah. just just sitting where i sit in the in the booth watching oh. I, I i want no part of that and uh, you're up there climbing and with a guy that's there's a lot invested he's in that guy. No important. offense, but there's a little more invested in him than in you. So he's he's important. Yeah. No. So the catwalk at Trot. If you if you think about it, you know, if you envision it, it, if you look at those, they shake when when you're walking on them. So I mean, it makes you a little nervous. The whole thing's kind of moving, and it needs to. But you can also see down because the it's just the. I'm grading, not looking down. Right? It's like the grades. Yeah, you're just looking straight through, and you can see the field. Which, if you can get over it, it's actually a really cool view from up top, the bird's eye view, and. Uh, no, that we he had talked some smack too about you know let's go up there let's go all the way up because you know they're lettered it's like A B C D and he's like well, let's go all the way up, and so he did and he got nervous and he didn't even want to make it to the the furthest ring or the highest ring and, and then he ended up going up there and so we're doing this interview and you can see his knuckles are so white because he's hanging onto the railing I'm like this is such a fun interview isn't it like what are we doing up here um but no that was that was a lot of fun too yeah I wouldn't recommend going up there it's just and you just went down the slide in Milwaukee didn't you slide in Milwaukee I didn't take AJ though <laughs> he's got some important games to manage now I may I may get him some barbecue in Kansas City or something and so we go this weekend but uh but yeah we've done some cool stuff so you, you touched on Matt, your husband now, and went to Japan when you were dating, and now he's your husband, and he's still playing baseball. He got to the big leagues briefly, I think, what, in 2014 with, 14, Mil with yeah. Milwaukee, and he's been playing all over, including Mexico recently. Mexico. Had, had, you're, you're the, <laughs> so put your wife hat on, the wife of a baseball player that, to his credit, he still loves putting the uniform on, apparently, so he, he'll, yes. he still does. How do, you balance, how do you balance that? How do you just say, I understand to a certain degree why you want to do this? And I'm going to support you as long as you're going to, as long as you want to wear the uniform. Well, it was almost me first. So when we had dated, I had gotten the opportunity to take this job, and and I, you know, at the time you're you're dating, and I didn't even think to ask him what he thought about the me taking a major league baseball job and moving to Houston, Texas, and and all these things because you know it's just how I'm wired. I was very into my career. I made some sacrifices, worked at some crappy towns. I, their towns aren't crappy, but the stations were crappy. <laughs> crappy salaries, can we say that? Um, but, you know, it was just like, you, but I had a, I had an ultimate goal, and I, ha I wanted to keep going forward with my career. That's exactly what he's doing. You know, we were, we're, both, we're both doing it in our own ways. This is just in baseball minds and TV. So there was an understanding from the very beginning, and, and we just – we kept we we were kind of just kind of seeing how it was going to go i mean this is obviously long distance for both of us during the baseball season and then we just kept meeting back up in the off season and it was it was still working for us and so here we are you know we decided to get married and and it's worked great i mean we're busy at the exact same time this isn't going to be forever for either one of us obviously and we're we're aware of that but it's working right now just because we are so busy during the, the baseball season and then in the off season we spend a lot of time together so we do get to catch up and and go on trips and and do normal things and like date nights and things like that but it it works and 
I mean, I'm just, I'm always so proud of him and he's always so proud of me of what we're up to and our, the next thing that we want to do. And, and so we're, we've, I've just found that person that was going to be cool with me. Cause my job's crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm traveling with 25 grown men and, grown? you know, and plus, well, I'm not, right. They, they are, but they don't act like it. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's a crazy job when you're looking at it from the outside and, and he understands it more than anyone. Same with me. I understand his job and gosh, the, the countries that he's played in. Dominican, Venezuela, Mexico. I mean, he's taken us to some really cool places in our lives too, just because of his uh, adventures, and and he loves it. So, yeah, we he doesn't watch a lot of baseball when it comes to playoff time and basically just because he's done it so much. So that's where it becomes a little bit like I'm like all in. I want to watch every pitch of every game until the season's over. And he's like, okay, can we give it? Can we get to the off season already? Uh, but other than that, it's it's pretty perfect. I don't I don't want to touch specifically yet on the World Series year of, of seventeen as we visit with Julia Morales in our Season on the Road segment, uh, this time around from Houston. Uh, but you've watched Jose Altuve uh, win three batting titles, you know, mm-hmm. the, the great story, and of course, the A's with Al Padrique, yeah. you know, how they came together, five foot nothing, and he's become a superstar. Uh, you've he's watched five foot five. Yeah, five. How many Altuves does it take? I'm aware. <laughs> uh, George Springer has gone from a number one pick, the guy that ha- that has overcome a stuttering issue, and he has, he's used that his platform to to inspire everybody, especially young kids in, in that regard. And you've had yep. kind of an enigmatic shortstop in Carlos Correa, who's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. But there's something that's following him that kind of, he, 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 he stumbles sometimes along the way. I just wonder how, how you've seen all these personalities come together. What, what, what are the things that jump out about those players specifically? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the first thing that Altuve has been here since I've been here, and we're kind of the longest tenured, and I say that jokingly because I don't play, obviously, everyone. I get it, but we do joke because we've seen a lot happen over the last seven, eight years uh, for him, and I've seen him go from he, – he even – I mean, looking back on pictures, the guy weighed more. Like, he was like a chubby kid back then, and he's he, – I remember the 2014 season when all of a sudden he shed all this weight and was really, really, you know – focused on on becoming a better hitter and he was always a good hitter but it was something about that year when he won that first batting title is where we watched him become this Altuve and and so I mean we have a great relationship for that and he was he so he's always been around you you added in those other guys though and that was that was the fun part I mentioned George Springer and what we watched in the minor leagues I mean we were checking those box scores every night sometimes so that's a danger I mean it worked out well but a lot of teams are guilty of hey you've got so-and-so down to the low minors and he's our top prospect and you keep on talking about him and he finally gets there and you don't you don't know and you and so and it's George Springer so now that I know George and you know I, he went once he came up here he was a little shy and and he did have a stutter and you, you're not getting the media attention that you you get the, the day you show up to the big leagues and and so we he had that going he was trying to figure himself out as a hitter up here he struck out three times a game and he would run into one and hit a home run but he had a big learning curve as he got up there Carlos Correa showed up and was a big leaguer from the day he walked in. I mean, he made a great defensive play that first game. He got his first hit out of the way, first home. I mean, he was just so comfortable up here. So they were three. Those are very different guys when you talk about them personalities-wise. But I don't know. It's like putting them together. It it works. They, they're they all so different, and they, they get along. They're all really tight. But it's not like they hang out all the time. But they I don't know. And then everyone kind of – 
I don't know, they just picked a guy. So I say that as like three different guys, but then the rest of the team just like gravitated towards the guy that made, you know, that made them the most comfortable or that they had the inside jokes with. And, and then it turned into this really good clubhouse chemistry. And then 2015 happened. So you put it all together. You have those three stars that you're talking about. And then they, they go to the playoffs and, and the rest is really history because you added an AJ Hinch. And, um, and so everyone just, it was, it was, I don't know, that's where it all started. When you talk about the World Series, that's where it started. And I told people all the time, it's like 2015, it was something about putting these, these personalities and these stars together, and then it happened. So, yeah, they're um, obviously all very, very talented. George Springer going from what I was talking about to being a World Series MVP, he keeps getting better, too. I mean, watching him now, I'm just, I'm just excited to see where his career goes because this guy couldn't really stay healthy, and, and he'll have things every once in a while. But there were some knocks on him. And he's really put it together. Correa's just got to stay healthy, and and he's still dealing with that. But you're right; he's a phenomenal talent. There's just nobody like him. You had all these superstars, and you had a Cy Young Award winner in Dallas Keuchel, and a guy in Colin yeah. McHugh is a great story. And he was winning double-digit games, and then all of a sudden, on August 31st of 17, Justin Verlander walks in the clubhouse, and that I mean, as as good as those guys were, and not a knock on them. And as we're talking, Verlander's going to pitch against the A's tonight. Yeah. And. A's fans have their history with Verlander mm-hmm. from the playoffs, so they know. Yeah. He he changes everything, in my opinion, because this is like you guys think you're the sh- you're sheriffs, but a real sheriff, we're going to do it the way it's supposed to be done because yeah. I know the way it's supposed to be done, and I it just come along with me, and let's do this together. I mean, when that announcement was made, what did you think was going to happen? Well, so there was a lot of things happening when that announcement was was made, too. The Astros had had an excellent year. Offense was off the charts that year. They were setting all these records. They were, you know, on pace to to win the most games ever, and Harvey hit. And so it was an ugly two weeks right before that. We're on the road. We think we're going to be on the road for, I think it's 23 days straight, um, because we can't get back to Houston. And then there was a long road trip that we were, you know, we were going to head out to. So we were in Tampa playing the Rangers. I mean, it it was just chaos. Um, they trade for they get Cameron Mabin, Mabin earlier that day on the August 31st trade deadline, and we think that's the move. We're like, okay, a little, little speed. <laughs> all right. I mean, but we felt like we we were watching a team that had all the pieces, and they felt like that too. But the Justin Verlander bomb that dropped was at midnight and a little the bit A's, after. The A's were in Seattle, so mm-hmm. we're aware. Yeah, so it was you know late, and and Twitter ex- absolutely explodes with all the players losing their minds and. The, there was an off day. Um, we had just gotten home. There's an off day, so it was like a community day where all the players could could go and, and help in any way that they could because that was the, really the first time we'd been back to our homes. We didn't even know if we had homes, you know, if, they, if it was covered in water. All of us, we, there was so much unknown. Um, there was an off day. And then the day that he showed up, it was that uh, Friday or Saturday that we had a doubleheader here to, to start making up some of those games that we had missed. And um, it was just – it was different. It, it, like, he, he was different. He walks in, and everyone just kind of stands up straighter and, and watches what he does and, and see what, where he's going to go and who's he going to talk to. And and it was just – you could tell that from the younger guys. And Dallas Keuchel was a veteran at the time. He talked about his 2015. That was so good. But he, he was still young, and he wasn't Justin Verlander. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's Justin Verlander. Um, so, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that was the piece that changed everything. He pitched – lights out that September um, and was on the mound when they won the, the division title that day over the Mariners. Uh, it was like September 17th. I mean, the things that I remember just because of how special they were, and, and he he's all over it. I mean, that he's such a big part of what happened in 2017, even though he was only there the last month and then, you know, of course, the playoffs. So, yeah, that, I mean, that, <laughs> the way he pitched in the postseason, I can keep going. It, it was a dream season, but, yeah, they started with Verlander's trade. You're right. Now, I work for both Texas teams. I work for the for the Astros from 91 to 97 as Bagwell and Biggio 
were getting better. I was gone before Berkman got there, and but then they got to the World Series and they lost to the White Sox. Yeah. I was with the Rangers when they had, you know, Juan Gonzalez and Pudge Rodriguez and Alex Rodriguez. You know, Alex Rodriguez. They went to back-to-back playoffs against the Yankees in '98, '99, and got blown out. Yep. Scored only one run in both of those division series. So, a native Texan working for a Texas team that finally wins the World mm-hmm. Series. What, oh. Put that in perspective. I, I couldn't really until the parade. You know, it was, as it was happening, there was a lot of adrenaline. We're all just again, covering because, games. And because of the, the scenario with, with the tragedy of Harvey and, and right, it was everybody coming together. too much to wrap your head around as that was all going down. And then the ALCS going to seven and the storylines. There were just so many within there. I talked about Verlander pitching so well, but Lance McCullers and Charlie Morton was just this beast. And in the playoffs, you were like, we didn't even think this guy would get this this far into a season, and here he is. And and then the seven games against the Dodgers, it was just incredible to watch George Springer go from you should bench this guy to being World Series MVP. And honestly, it none of it really hit me until the parade. And that's when it all – I mean, as a Houstonian now um, – it emotionally got me. Like, it finally got me of, like, oh, my God, they did it. They, they did it, and they did it for these people. And the people that were hanging out of buildings, and it was just the, the city that was covered in water, you know, two months prior to that was just filled with orange, and it was, it was unbelievable. It was just, like, something I'll, I can't even compare to anything else in my lifetime because of how special it was. And, and, and yeah, the the way this whole town rallied, I mean, our ratings just spiked after that. Because people like if people that weren't Astros fans maybe or weren't watching every night, all of a sudden were in love with this team that just gave them so much happiness. And it was just a whole new relationship we had with the city at that time. And, yeah, incredible and it, unbelievable. So fast forward as we look at 2019 and the final few days of the regular season with what looks ahead for the Astros. What the are A's almost are almost there yet? Almost. And what the A's are trying to accomplish <laughs> – Tell, tell me, you talk to those guys a lot. Yeah. What, what? And I know AJ has a lot of respect for the athletics. Yeah. What do you think the feeling is on that side about the A's and what potentially could happen again in October? Yeah, the, I mean, seeing the A's in the postseason gives. Yeah, I don't know if I even want to talk about uh-huh. it. Um, and I, you know, I've been around for for so long. I I've seen the weird games at the Coliseum. It's just like you can't count that team out. And, and I know you know that. This is the team that's almost like the thorn in the side. Can't can't beat you can't take care of the division until what day was it last year? Mm-hmm. Like they just not it wouldn't go away. And then we saw the magic run they were on this year. Like here they come again. Um no the guys talk about it and they watch and they they have so much respect for the A's and it is a really good team over there. Even talking to Robbie Grossman, former Astro, and just I'm like, what is it about this group? Everybody that goes over there the loves sauce? it, right? Yeah. Everybody goes over there and loves it, and they love it here, and they love this team, and they love the clubhouse, and they obviously have something going right over there, and it's very special. And the the Astros know that too, and and so much respect. But yeah, I I can't even like I I don't even know what to tell you about a postseason matchup between these two. Can you imagine? It would be a blast, but but it does make me a little nervous. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. Julie, I appreciate the time. I, I enjoy your work. Uh, I, I enjoy your enthusiasm Thank for the you. game, and I, I really respect what, what you do and respect the way that, given your family situation, that you're separated from your husband for a long period of time, and, yeah. and you guys you. can make that work. It's, there's a lot of things happening, and you handle it with, uh, with great class and great dignity. Wish you the best. Hope to see you in October, maybe yeah. doing some uh, wraparound reports for – Another postseason season would be a lot of fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Julia Morales joining us, sideline reporter on television for the Houston Astros in this latest edition of A Season on the Road. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.